0: The views expressed on this episode of Eric's EDM World do not necessarily reflect those of Glenn Allen.
1: The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network.
0: Like a truckload of phlegm-filled deliciousness, but good morning, good afternoon, or good evening anyway, everyone. It is Tuesday, March 9th, 2021, and this is episode 5 of Eric CDM World presented by Hitting the Marks Podcast Network at hittingthemarks.com. We're also brought to you by justcbdstore.com Head over to justcbdstore.com for all of your edible and vaping needs. And as a bonus, <clears throat> enter HDM at checkout to receive a 20% discount on your entire order. There, see, I told you, still all filled up with this wonderful phlegm. But on today's show, I chat with someone who is always gracious with this time when I ask, and that's Glenn Allen. His new song, Bermuda, which you heard in the opening, is out now on Pure Trance's neon sub-label, and it's making its way up the Beatport Trance chart. We randomly discuss things from how working his full-time job from home in his studio is actually a hindrance to his productions and how that can be a mental mind fuck. to how quitting smoking has been a positive step towards his overall health, and we will finally, finally find out who Glenn Allen's ghost producer is. Those and so many more topics, so you'll want to stay tuned for that. Right, so... Here's the thing, I turned 50 this past week and although it's a small miracle that I've made it this far and I'm still not feeling 100% which is quite obvious because you can hear me, uh, for going on well over two weeks now, I've realized that I've been doing something for quite a long time and that is I've been holding on to a lot of negativity lately and it's affected me in more ways than one. A, I think my health has something to do with it. B, when I get stressed out, my back hurts. And I think the last time my back hurt this much was right before my mom died. So there's that. The thing is, though, life is short. It really is, especially as we get older. And life is full of its ups and downs. But holding on to a bunch of shit that doesn't make you happy just to please other people I don't think that's the way to go, man. Now, when I talk about this, I'm kind of talking about jobs. And I don't think there's any one person out there that 100% truly loves their job. I mean, maybe one out of 100. But, I mean, it's called a job for a reason, right? So, what do we do? Do we stay inside the comforts of a job just because we don't want to start over? And we deal with the day-to-day differing personalities of your coworkers, or do we take that giant leap of faith and leave and have to start all over? Well, we are creatures of comfort. And as much as we like to shout about it on social media sometimes, we really don't like change. We just don't. We are... uh, very habit forming creatures that's just how we are but when I talk about life is short and how as we get older life seems to move very quickly it seems to move a lot faster than of when we were 9 and 10 years old doesn't it? Just look at right now it's March 9th we're already 25% into 2021 it's almost mind boggling to me I mean it seems like yesterday that I was down at my dad's for Christmas. Here in a couple months, it'll be summer. A couple months after that, it'll be fall. It'll be football season. And then, boom, 2021, it'll be over. If you're leading your life day after day and just having to deal with the same mental anguish and the same unhappiness, as we get older that doesn't do you any good whatsoever. So in celebration of me turning half a century, I've tried to have a new outlook on things, and that is this. Each week or each month or each year, you are handed so many fucks. And you need to choose how you spend those fucks you need to spend those fucks wisely because if you end up giving a fuck about every single little thing, it's actually just going to drag you completely down. And social media is largely to blame for this. It's hugely to blame for this. And I'll, and I'll also blame COVID. But we've got to make our own happiness. I think this podcast has certainly helped me and being able to connect with people, not by writing about them, but by actually talking to them. In my job, I talk to people every single day. But a lot of the times, it's the same people every day. It's, it's just like every other bar, every other restaurant in the world where they have regulars. And you've got that core group of customers who you deal with on a daily basis. But I try to talk to as many people As I can, but that's my job. You know, it makes me happy, but it doesn't make me happy. And I hope that makes sense. So doing this podcast has really afforded me the opportunity just to sit down and just bullshit with people. And that's something that I think a lot of us have missed over this past year. It's something that my guest, Glenn Allen and I, we sort of delve into as in talking about uh, his family it's done me a lot of good, but I think that in the long run, we all just need to sort of take a break, relax, and, uh, and just hope for the best, and, and just try, 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 try not to give a fuck about every single little thing. I do want to mention real quick <clears throat> that uh, I do have planned here in a couple weeks Um, One of the more innovative young trance guys out there, his name is Matt Seagrave, and it is going to be an absolute honor for me to speak with him. He's got a new album coming out. Uh, He's uh, about two or three tracks away from finishing it, and this guy is pushing boundaries like never before. His label, Black Net, is really going to go someplace. Um, He basically produces whatever the hell he wants. He releases what he wants on his label. And it is going to be a genre mindfuck when this album is dropped. Trust me. People are going to go absolutely batshit crazy over it. Because it breaks every single rule in trance. I'm really excited for that. But, in the meantime, stay tuned. And I will be right back with my very, very good friend, Mr. Glenn Allen. guest is from Naniton, which is a town in Warwickshire, England, and he's just released his latest single courtesy of Neon, a sub-label of Serler Stone's Pure Trance entitled Bermuda, and it's swiftly making its way up the Beatport Trance music chart and currently sits at number 65. He scheduled two more releases with Pure Trance for later on in the year, but his next release is slated for the Miami compilation from Future Sound of Egypt's UV Division, that feature singles from UV's regular artists, as well as new ones. A man that doesn't pigeonhole himself to one particular genre, and one of the more funny guys in the scene, it's always a pleasure to speak with Glenn Allen. And Glenn Allen, welcome to Eric's EDM World. And Glenn, how the hell are you, man?
1: Oh, I'm good, thank you, Eric, and thanks for having me here as well. Uh, It's good to see your face again. Um, It's been two years, so a lot's gone on in the last two years. Um, So thank you for the invitation. Thank
0: you talk to me about what's been going on in your life uh in essence as in terms of this past year um i know it's really been hard on everyone
1: yeah well, i think it's obviously affected different people in different ways um you know we all lead different lives um we've seen people who are, are struggling they've been furloughed with um less pay um but they have not in a, they're in a situation where they're not able to go out and spend it but at the same time some people can't afford to keep their head above the water and then there are people who have been able to save money as well um i mean thankfully it's not hit me and my uh, my fiance too hard um it's obviously juggling the homeschooling with um with work whilst working from home um you know it, it's, it's been difficult in its own way for me but uh, i always try and take the kind of perspective that were people out there who struggled in a whole lot more than me as well so yeah. you know i don't try and discredit the fact that i you know it's been a difficult year for myself or for mm. those around me i mean my parents um got COVID last year which was very scary for me um but thankfully bounced back with a full recovery but no it, it's been i can't quite put my finger on it and it's difficult to to sort of to reflect on the year because it's just been a complete mishmash of of all sorts for different people. So I'm glad there's light at the end of the tunnel in a way and that we can all start to focus on getting our lives back to normal. And I think the people, a lot of people seem to forget, you know, the children have been hit really hard by it as well. And I mean, I've been fortunate enough to have two of the kids, two of the three kids that me and my partner have um, staying at at home with me while they were homeschooling. My son lives with his mum, and I have him every other weekend. Um, But, you know, they've been, they've been really strong. Um, they've been very supportive of each other with their schoolwork. Um, so, yeah, that me out to the kids, um, not just my kids, but obviously everybody else's.
0: Yeah, yeah. When you're not doing music, what do you do for a living?
1: Um, so I'm currently a pricing analyst for AGCO. Um, they're a um, manufacturer of uh, fence Voucher um, Tractors. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but I've just accepted a new position as a KPI and business investigation analyst. So that should be, that's in April that I start that, that position. But that's, uh, I, I enjoy um, number crunching and working with data. So um, yeah, that that I just tend to get very focused and kind of dive into all sorts of different ways of learning how to code and all sorts. I'm, I'm a bit of a geek, to be honest, Eric. You know, yeah. self geek. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well that certainly helps with the producing side of things doesn't it
1: it, it does yeah um I mean I, I'm self-taught in pretty much everything I do I've not, I've not been to university I'm, I'm not what you could call academic really mm-hmm. um and I like to I like to study new ways of doing things and you know once the challenge is gone it gets a bit boring and I jump onto to the next thing you know
0: I guess in reference to the article to that I wrote on you which can be found at transform.com. We mentioned that you really don't pigeonhole yourself into one genre and when you when you see producers sort of jump from trance to progressive house to even uh, to progressive trance um, leads a lot of leads a lot of people to speculate on a lot of things I think. I got to ask you flat out, who's your ghost producer, man?
1: <laughs> it's Glenn Allen. <laughs> no, yeah, no, everything is um, 100% produced by me in my studio. I um, obviously had the studio built when I moved in with my uh, fiance. Um, it was one of the first projects that we, we made quite clear when I moved in that it needed to be done. Um, so for a little while, I was producing on headphones in the back of the living room. Uh, I can't thank her enough for that you know we, we got rid of the dinner table for and then had to buy another <laughs> one after when we when we built the studio but no it's you know uh, it's a bone of contention for a lot of people ghost producing um the, the one point for me is I can't focus on my own work and my, my own output if I'm focusing on what, what other people are doing it's not really an area that concerns me. Um I'm <laughs> flattered that you'd asked me that to be honest. Um, so it shows that there's there's signs of improvement in, in my production and I, I can I can see that myself, you know, and mm-hmm. since having this um this studio built, it's it's been a godsend for me. I've been able to really knuckle down and, and shut myself off from the world. Um stopping myself opening windows of Facebook and everything else, all the little distractions, you know, mm-hmm. and just cracking on with my work and trying to craft my sound the best I can. But in terms of um, Pigeonholing, yeah. I, I I often find that if you don't explore new ways of producing, you don't try to go out outside of your kind of comfort zone. You you you'll never evolve as a producer. Um, and we see. Airwave, for example he's producing the many different aliases and you know you, you you can always tell an airwave sound when you hear an airwave track mm-hmm. you know it's an airwave track you know um and I don't want it to be like that for me um in different with, with different aliases um I want people to know it's my music I want people to see that I can bounce from one genre to another um it's not a pride thing um I just don't feel I should strip myself of the identity my identity on a track under a different name for the sake of um for the, for the sake of it and because everybody else does it um I made the mistake of um producing my track breakaway on uh, perfecto uh Glenn Allen presents gallon um which was released and then when I looked on the beatport chart um there was already a gallon so mm-hmm. it was linked to his name as well and I got, there's that many artists around now it's going to be difficult to try and find another Alias anyway, so Glenn Allen will do, or maybe Gimp Alien or something stupid like that. I don't
0: know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you make a particular sound, um, mm-hmm. you were very instrumental with with us uh, releasing tracks on its perfecto, um, mm-hmm. uh, I guess up until a couple of years ago. And uh, the relationship that you and Paul Oakenfold have is obviously a very strong one, but you seem to be moving a little bit towards Solar Stones sound now is this something that you're sort of doing on purpose or has the perfecto day sort of is that something that's not a part of you anymore or why are we seeing more music on pure trance now
1: it's um a good question and it's through no um issues um with it with perfecto i love the label um of the movement you know and i've got a, a, a lot of respect for paul and, and all of his team um but um interestingly i, I sent um solar stone that's obviously rich another mm-hmm. another demo um not long after he signed bermuda and he said to me don't put all your eggs in one basket and you can't be you know that that's it, it's the best advice you you, you you know you can be given um mm-hmm. if you're plunking it all in one basket you're not reaching out to label fans you know there's there's people out there who are diehard pure trans fans there's people out there who are diehard perfecto fans too um, and I'll still always send music to Perfecto. Um mm-hmm. i mean, as the music has to be the right fit for the label. Um and I know the sort of style that, that Paul likes. Um I mean, quandum, he snapped it up straight away. Um, no mm-hmm. questions asked. And then I've sent a, another one to him and it was it was no. Um I've since got rid of that track. I can understand why he said no. Mm-hmm. It was an uplifting track, but it it wasn't my best work, to be honest. Um so yeah, I think I think back to the point. Um what Rich said is is very true. You don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. You know, you gotta plenty more opportunities to reach out to other people um on other labels. Um mm. and I will go back to Perfecto um if Paul allows me. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> it's sort of interesting, isn't it, man? Where you see, and I'm just using Anjuna Beats as an example here. They have a very dedicated fan base. And Anjuna Beats definitely has a particular sound, but It seems that once you get signed with a label of more than just a couple songs, the fan base expects you to carry out that sound and to basically keep moving. With Mm -hmm. you, though, it's completely opposite. You'll go from uplifting, you'll go to progressive, and I think that's important, A, for the growth of you as an individual, B, for the growth of you as an artist, and C, it helps to create a wider fan base so more people know that the Glenn Allen name. Now, Mm -hmm. with, with that being said, if you're Glenn Allen and you're known for doing the uplifting stuff and then we see the Glenn Allen over here that's doing a whole bunch of the progressive stuff, is there a need to separate those two and maybe have an alias for the progressive stuff?
1: It's a valid point. It's crossed my mind many a time. I I put a poll out on Facebook a couple of years ago and people, you know, there were some people on one side of fence and some people on the other. Um, And I can sort of understand why people would think that way. Um, The way I see it, though, I mean, this is my opportunity to express myself as an artist. Um, I can choose what I can, I I could put put it under, I don't know, boris johnson i could give myself an <laughs> alias of boris johnson but god please don't do <insane>. that <laughs> <laughs> jeez christ no i'll never have a haircut like him anyway that's for sure right um but, but now this is my opportunity to you know it's it's my responsibility to put the output um, out um it's up to people whether they like it or not um i don't understand why m- the, the name the name that i choose to release it and that should affect whether people will enjoy the music or not um but no you do make a very valid point i mean if if i was to listen to um you know we just think of a good example so for example you've got um danny stubbs right we all know danny yeah oh yeah. Danny um but Danny's got a trademark sound yeah he's a good lad man I can't wait to see him again actually Um, I'm this yeah we're gonna we'll meet up again it's been a little while but no Danny's got a trademark sound and it's it's great you know it's Mm -hmm. got this lovely kind of atmospheric airy sound and everyone knows when you hear a Danny Stubbs song you know it's a Danny Stubbs song for example there's nothing wrong with that you know um people find their comfort zone very happy where they are um kind of explored other ways of producing as well um so he's a very talented man but he puts all his work out under his name um he's obviously been involved in the scene um since before i even knew to be honest um with other work um but yeah he's, he's got his identity there and um that's fine but it doesn't work for me um i'll keep putting music out whether it's 140 BPM or whether it's 128 or whether it's 124, it'll always be a Glen Allen track because that's the way I want it to be.
0: Yeah, but <laughs> when you say that though, name recognition for today, name recognition seems to mean everything. Um, if you've got the social media presence and you've got the following, like a lot of artists do,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you can put out the shittiest track known to fucking mankind. Yep. Yeah. And it'll immediately be top 10.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. Um, I will actually just, actually, I don't want to come across like a bit of a contradiction here, but I say about working under a different alias, me and my friend, James Kitcher, we do Uh have a track coming out on Pure Trans this year under the alias Shadow Realm. So that is very, very, very different um, style of music. So I just want to point that out because mm-hmm. I don't want to then release a track with my friend under that different alias, and then everyone be like, "Hang on, Glyn, you're full of shit." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to point that out, okay? So there will be something coming this year um, under an alias uh, with my friend. Um, it's better than James Kitcher and Glyn Allen, and then the name of the song. Um, it worked better. So Shadow yeah, around it. Me. Um, but yeah, you're right. Um, a lot of people are supported because people, they they you know they build a fan base and um, people know them by name and they'll buy anything that person does they they can put out shit and it'll be like it'll be like a bowl, a gal, a bar of gold and mm-hmm. um, so yeah but yeah it, you know you know i mean again that's back to my point um i'm only really focusing on what i'm doing and if people like it great if people don't like it i don't expect them to like it it's up to them you know music is subjective um i I can listen to a track that i receive on promo um from one artist that i really enjoyed and the next track i think this ain't my cup of tea and Mm -hmm. i I, I won't download it i won't give you know i won't it's not my thing so it's got to be on a track by track basis for me maybe i look at it differently to other people i've never really asked any other artists if they're like me in that respect
0: yeah yeah it's i think that's sort of an unwritten rule isn't it where uh you don't ask another artist to basically float your ego
1: yeah no no yeah. absolutely not yeah, yeah my uh, yeah there's there's no room for ego in this industry um as far as i'm concerned um you know yeah, everyone's made up of the same um you're, or you or you are but you're just another person to to me and then, and i'm i'm just another person to many others as well i mean i'm no like I said to you before, when I, I want to make myself quite clear in in the interview with you, I don't consider myself a big artist. There's So much shit I've got to learn still. Um, mm-hmm. it's, you're always learning, you know. Um, but no, never any room for ego, man. No way. Yeah. i always still have my stupid Facebook posts, you know, with my uh, my wig on and my glasses. You know, really embarrassing myself, but not giving a flying fuck about it.
0: Well, I think that's one of the one of the great things about you, though. You know, is that you can make fun of yourself and. You can make fun of certain things in this industry, uh, sort of pointing back to the whole, you know, my asking you who the fuck is your ghost producer, you know, uh, <laughs> or who do you engineer with? Uh, it's it's taking things lightly mm-hmm. like this that is not only very important as in terms of you um, in order to deal with all this stuff, but I think in, a, in your own little cryptic fucked up way, you're making fun of it, aren't you?
1: Yeah, I mean, if I don't try and enjoy myself and if I take myself too seriously and, you know, I I become a bit of a... um,
0: A robot? Become a
1: critic. Yeah, a robot. Yeah, I become critical of everything. You're not setting yourself up to enjoy it, are you? You Mm -hmm. know, Um, I I mean, I have a separate Facebook for family and friends and I have this other Facebook for my music and stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm sure my uncle and my auntie don't want to see spam posts every day of my music and everything. And you know, so I do try to keep a kind of divide in terms of my personal life and music, but at the same time, it doesn't mean that I shouldn't enjoy it and I can't be myself. And I've got to, I've got to be careful how I come across on Facebook. I mean, I, I don't. You, you probably have noticed on my Facebook as well, and and even on my my uh, my page, I don't post political shit. Um, mm-hmm. It's not what I'm here for. If I choose not to talk about it, that's that's up to me. I don't. You know, <laughs> the same with. Um, Debates um, or people getting into bickering argument, you know, arguments about certain artists or whatever. I keep myself out of it, but I, 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 I still try and have fun at the same time. Um, yeah, I, I just don't have time for people. I, I, there's better things to be doing in life than arguing with people on Facebook. But at the same time, you know, there's always time for fun. It's always yeah.
0: Fun. I think when you do get involved in the whole bickering thing and the going back and forth, that would sort of carry over really into your personal life yeah,
1: and that I would guess. carry over
0: into your family life. And more importantly, that would probably set a bad example for your kids.
1: I think it's more, I think my kind of my perception of social media, I think for a lot of people actually, um, you, you after the dust has settled, you know, it was a big boom in social media and everyone's starting to learn it and there's different websites popping up week and now it's music and, the, the, you know, Facebook pages is now here and, you know, there's this massive boom and now the dust is kind of settling and, and you just think to yourself, I'm, I'm fucking sick of this, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, over time, yeah. it's consumed our lives um, and it's, I, I don't have time to piss about on social media every day. I I mean, yeah, you've got to do your posts. You need a good online presence. Everybody's, you know, everyone's sponsoring their posts. Everyone's getting great reach on Twitch and everywhere else. Um, And I guess this is where I kind of differ from other artists as well, is that, the the you know, you need to be growing your fan base and everything. You need to be building and scheduling posts and sponsoring them and everything else. But I've got family, man, you know. Yeah. I don't want to be sat on social media all day promoting my music. I let the music do the talking, which might not be, the right way to do it nowadays you know you probably need to be out there sponsoring posts and you need to be here there and everywhere posting it on every social media website you can think of but i've got kids man i've right. got a lot, you yeah. know, a lot of life and i'd rather invest that time in it playing on the xbox or playing on the vr headset or something with them than, than talking about what auntie Carol's had for dinner you know what i mean and mm-hmm. or talking <laughs> getting sucked into like um Boris Johnson posts, political posts, and stuff. Um, I, I, I like cut off on social media, and I, it's always nice to see how people are doing as well. Um, the, the danger is alcohol plus social media, and then I the next yeah. day I'm like, <laughs> shit. <laughs> That's a bad idea. That goes against the grain of what I of what I'm about. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's 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 good, but it's it, it's it's a necessary evil, I guess. Social media is.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is been. But uh, sort of switching gears here, you have um, made an important choice in your life, and one that I fucking wish I re- I really could make. But it's the only vice I have left. Um, I haven't had a drink or, or or touched drugs in well over three years. But uh, all I do now is smoke cigarettes. And I admire you, Glenn. You know, um, <laughs> and I want to know whether you're still continuing on that no smoking train.
1: I am yeah it's yeah. been uh, yeah I won't dig my phone out and get the app open now but I've not touched a single cigarette in over a month um wow which is short time you know um I mean I say short time I suppose really I don't really look at it like that um the plan is to never well i say the plan I'm definitely not going to smoke again that's for sure I'm, I'm being i uh, been smoking my e-cig my vape mm-hmm. and now that's just transferring one addiction to another but mm-hmm. it's um I think it's a requirement for me because clearly i failed in the past um and I, to be honest i don't miss the the smell i don't miss being out of breath you know i'll be glad when the gyms are back open again so i can start work out again and really feel the benefits of, of, of quitting smoking um the the, the main benefits yeah. um but as somebody with um hereditary um high cholesterol um uh, history of pancreatic issues and and other factors uh, i've got to put you know i've got to, i've got to put my health first and I wanted to knock this on the head after so many years of smoking. Um, I don't miss it, to be honest. I really yeah. don't miss it. It's yep. the best thing, best decision I made, to be honest, Eric, definitely.
0: But when you're sitting at the computer for hours on end, you know, I, I, because I find myself doing this when I'm writing or, or when I'm doing the, the editing for each week's podcast, um, I tend to smoke more.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: yeah. I, and, and that's... That's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid yeah. that if I give that up, then I won't be as productive as if I was smoking and I had that routine going. I mean, it's it's the same thing with alcohol. I mean, I know. I mean, an addiction is an addiction is an addiction. And every person on this planet has one. But that's what I fear the most, I think, is not reaching for that cigarette type in a paragraph reaching for that you know it's I'm afraid it'll fuck me up is what I'm afraid of
1: it's I think it's first of all you have to put yourself in the right mindset for it and say if I think this is going to be a challenge I will make it a bigger challenge for myself um and i was afraid of um quitting smoking thinking what am i going to replace it with mm-hmm. um, it's going to be sweets it's going to be you know different uh, bags of crisps and yeah admittedly my appetite has got up a little bit and i'm a little bit more horizontally challenged um <laughs> <you could say. laughs> not too uh, not too bad though but no i think i think first of all you've got to put yourself in the right mindset and tell yourself you can do it because there are millions of other people out there not only of. um quit smoking, um, but have never smoked before in their lives. And you, you ask yourself, how have they got by without cigarettes? And they they do it by um knowing that they don't need it or telling themselves they don't need it. Mm-hmm. Um it's easier said than done because we're not all the same, we don't all think the same, um, you know. Um, and I found that yeah, it at first I thought it was kind of difficult, but I transitioned so. Normally in the morning I'd have my coffee, I'd have a cigarette, I'd go straight outside first thing in the morning. That was me first thing. So for the first week I went outside with my vape and Mm -hmm. my coffee and just, and then I thought, this is stupid. It's pissing down with rain here and Mm -hmm. I'm getting wet, get inside. And then that, that, that what I thought would have been the hardest part for me was actually one of the easiest. And then I think it's just, you know, just telling yourself why you're doing it. And I think, I think, thousands and thousands even millions of smokers will tell you at some point in their lives have thought i'm fucking sick of this i wish i, I really want to quit you know mm. and whenever i in the first couple of weeks of quitting i felt that um i wanted a cigarette i reminded myself think about how you felt when you wanted to quit you wanted to quit for a reason don't break all this hard work just for you know a, a pang for just for you know a craving of one cigarette that will break everything that um, that you've you know, all your progress that you've, you've made in however many weeks.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, I'm going to have to do something, you know, like I say, it's the only vice I have left. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what holds me on is that it is all I have left. Um, And I need fucking something, man, you know, (laughs) I I gotta have it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But why does it have to be cigarettes? Or alcohol or drugs. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to be any of them three. It could be something else. You can put your own thing in there. You can say, you know what? It's gonna be um, sweeteners in my coffee.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: It doesn't have to be those three, does it? <laughs> That's right. right yeah. That's what I'm
0: getting at. So <laughs> it can be anything, yeah. <laughs> that is for <laughs> that is for <laughs> sure. But um so with the uh, whole lockdown situation and how how are your kids adapting to the homeschooling?
1: Well, they've returned back, uh, say they. um, So my son is with his mum about 30 miles away. Um, He should be back at school now. Um, We have um, my fiancé's two kids um, with us um, for some time and then sometimes with their dad as well. Um, So the eldest isn't due to go back until Wednesday for a COVID test, um, but the youngest, um, he's nine, he's back. He's glad to be back, I think. He's missed his friends. um, Yeah. But no, in terms of homeschooling, um, thankfully, at the minute they're, they're quite self-serving. Um, they've both got laptops. Um, we made sure that they're all set up ready for, for to do their schoolwork separately. Um, there's not been often that I've been called upon. Um, there's been the odd time with the odd question, which is fine. Um, it's It's been nice having them here. Um, I mean, I tend to work from the studio. Um which I haven't enjoyed actually. I've not enjoyed working my full-time job in the studio. Um, But I'll get to that in a minute, Mm -hmm. but I'll pop into the house, which is uh, because the studio's in the back garden. So I'll pop into the house, see how they're doing, if they need anything or, you know, it's been, I think it's been nice. Actually. I've had an opportunity to bond with them when I've come out of the studio, Mm -hmm. Um, but I've been busy with my own work as well. Um, But if they ever need me, they know where I am and it's been no problem really. Um, what I will say is, though, um, I moved in with um, with my fiancé and the, um, two kids. Obviously, we weren't engaged at the time. We got engaged last year in September mm-hmm. um, when lockdown was lifted for a little while, um, and I thought to myself once lockdown came that, you know, I mean, it's make or break, isn't it? Um, when you've got lockdown and you got to live together, and we were at the kind of infancy stage of our relationship, and you see yeah. many people who've been together for 10 20 years breakup you know the relationships broken down but we just plow through it like to me it's a sign that if you can get through lockdown together you can get through the rest of your life together yeah it's been very encouraging it's, in that respect for me
0: and i can certainly see where you having to deal with that the kids and then do your own job in the same space where you're creating music mentally i would think that it would be hard to separate those two in that you use that studio as your refuge, you know, it's
1: yeah, yeah, you your, can say that.
0: your other world to sort of <laughs> to get away from the real world. So but now that you're using that space as sort of a general area, I'm sure that it has to affect you mentally somehow.
1: It does, actually. I've I've found since working in the studio um, that I've not really been as inspired. I know that probably my work Mm -hmm. would Mm -hmm. tell you otherwise at the minute with the releases coming out. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, it's been... I've not really got that kind of get-up-and-go. And and combine that with the... obviously the lockdown and not being at events and seeing your music played in clubs and you know that the, the scene isn't back to what it used to be just yet maybe that's another factor as well Um mm-hmm. or maybe I'm just changing as a person maybe it's not my thing anymore I don't know Um I still get some satisfaction of when you know when you get some right in your music and you've written a track that you know is going to do well and everything I still get that real buzz but yeah, um, yeah I think a kind of culmination of everything that's happened over the last year and everything it's I've seen other people who have struggled. Um, they've not been inspired to write music, um, you know, which has been, to me, it's it's put my mind at ease a little because I know I'm not the only one who's been feeling that way. But once things are back to normal again, and I'm pretty sure my my kind of inspiration will be back, back to this sort of higher point that, that it used to be. I mean, I'm mm. don't get me wrong, I'm not coming into here thinking, shit, I've got to do a tune now because I've not done much. I still enjoy it, mm-hmm. you know, but... I don't have that drive I used to have. And it could be, as I say, you know, working in here as well, um, working my full-time job in here doesn't really help matters.
0: So what do you do outside of the home? You know, what are some of the things that you like to take the kids to? I mean, are, is there anything open over there where you can just get the hell out of the house and, and like, you should go to the zoo or go to the park or do something, you know, just to, break the monotony of just you know fucking staying at home all the time man
1: <laughs> yeah there's we've we live quite close to a couple of lakes uh, which is mm-hmm. ideal um yeah so not a lot we can do at the moment but when it's over i'll enjoy fishing i can still go fishing by the way but yeah people, yeah I can't go with anybody you know <laughs> um football i'm missing my football as well um season ticket holder my son sometimes comes with me as well mm-hmm. um Yeah,
0: there's a shit ton of stuff I'm missing at the moment. Oh, yeah, man. (laughs) I mean, I fucking think we all are. You all are obviously more on lockdown than I am. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it's... It's affecting uh, you. It is. Um, But I think something else that's affecting me too is it's this wave of emotion that Mm -hmm. we're seeing, especially right now in the UK with the announcement of all of these festivals. Um, <laughs> let's just take cream fields for an example. Okay. Yeah. It sold out in probably record time. You see all of these events, small clubs to major festivals, you know, we're going for it, you know, fuck 2020. We're doing it this year. Ticket sales go through the roof. And then a week later, they're like, no, nope, we're not going to do it. So I understand the insurance policy that these festivals are employing, but I think that does a real mind fuck for a lot of dance music fans and just music fans in general, when they're seeing a plethora of shows being announced, it's sold out. And, and then they're just sort of look at you and say, ha 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 psych. <laughs> yeah. um, what are your thoughts on that? On-
1: um yeah, I mean the, the, it's been made clear. Well, it's usually clear as mud in in a lot of cases, but that the um, the lockdowns irreversible. Um, it, we're not going back now. It might be extended over a longer period of time, but when you're given like this is no different to pubs. You know, the date that pubs can open is this date, so you plan around that. Um, you know, um, promoters are business owners. Um, you know, they don't just do it for fun. They've got an income to make on it. They can re- reinvest back into their, their events. And if you've got an opportunity to put an event on at, the, at a time when everyone's crying out for it, you take the opportunity. And it's not just promoters as well. Um, there's DJs and people who do this for a living, um, you know, um, big artists that rely on it as a, a source of income. Um, so I kind of understand why if the opportunity is there to book, on an, event, book an event, sorry, then why they've taken it. Um and I hope that you know it's it's sustainable. I hope that um this has given trans fans and, and other genres of music a, a, a kind of a moment to reflect and think, shit, you know, I've missed going out. I know I have. I, I yeah. this is a bit of a decline on me going out um in the kind of last couple of years, especially before COVID, um unless I was booked for events. But I, I can't wait for a bloody good night out. Um, <laughs> um but now I think. Booking it, striking while the iron's hot, and um, booking your your lineup if you're a promoter is definitely the best thing to do. You're setting yourself up for the future as well. If you're going to have an event that's going to sell out um, at a time when everyone wants to attend this event, you know, yeah. you're, you're doing the right thing.
0: You make a valid point in that you can go ahead and schedule this, and then even if it is canceled, you already know that the majority of those ticket holders are going to go to the next event anyway.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. absolutely. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, yeah. it's out of the promoter's control if the event's been cancelled. I get guess, guess there are overheads, costs, and everything. Um, mm-hmm. deposits that are potentially lost. Um, it's the risk you take, I guess. I mean, I'm not really a promoter myself. I know there's, um, I know a few, quite a few promoters here in the UK. Um, and the time and effort that they put into um their events is, you know, phenomenal, and the money that they invest into it as well. And if I was a promoter, um, then I think if I didn't put an event on when I known, knew that I could have, mm-hmm. um, but didn't because there's a slight possibility that the lockdown will be extended, and then I've missed out on all them thousands of people turning up to my event and, you know, being recognised, oh, wow, you know, this this event was fantastic, you know, it, we, we had a great time, blah, blah, blah. You're not the talk of the town, are you? And you've missed out yeah. on an opportunity. So yeah. It's about staying afloat, um, not just staying afloat, but obviously being recognized as a, a solid brand in, in the UK um, or wherever else. Um, if you're just going to go sit in the background and leave other events, to take up um, the slot of, of putting an event on, um, you've missed out.
0: Yeah. Speaking of events and gigs and things of that sort, what about for you? Uh, any club dates or any festival dates sort of coming your way?
1: Yeah, so there's um, luminosity which should have happened last year. Yeah. Um, so I was due to play on the Thursday last year. Um, that's been obviously postponed until the, this June um, mm-hmm. this year. So there's luminosity festival which I'm really looking forward to. If you'd have told me back then that I'm going to be booked for probably well, arguably one of the um, biggest festivals in Europe for. The trans and every um, trans producer's dream to be playing at, and mm. a global pandemic would come along and say, "I don't think so, Glenn." I'd have told you to fuck off. I wouldn't believe a word you were saying. Yeah. So, uh, having you know, I'm hoping I've got my fingers crossed now that this goes ahead. Obviously, it's, it's it all hinges on. Um, our government and the government in the Netherlands. So there's that. Um, and then I received um, an inquiry a couple of days ago. So I'm booked for next year and events, but I can't say too much at the moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and
1: that's it at the moment. They, they've dried up, to be honest. I mean, picking up every DJ is now knocking on the door to get a gig. You know, oh, there are more bookable artists than myself as well. Let's be, let's be real, you know, mm-hmm. um, bigger artists out there. So yeah, just, take each day as it comes. And when, when an opportunity comes, take it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I think at the end of the day for, for folks such as yourself, you know, who have a full-time job, who who have a family to take care of, you know, this is a, an opportunity for you to sort of still be a kid again. Yes. It's great to be recognized worldwide as one of, as one of the leading trance guys out there, but, At the end of the day, if you're not having fun doing it, and if it's affecting your family life and your time with your kids, it's time to fucking hang it up, man. Not to worry about where that next dollar is coming from, which a lot of these guys are. That's all they do. It's very easy for me to sit here and say, well, you're a smart guy. Fucking go get a job. It's really not that easy, is it?
1: It's not, no. Um, And and funnily enough, um, in my kind Of third or fourth stage interview, the um, it was well put to me. Um, if you're so involved in the music industry and you're DJing and you're making music, um, why do you why are you here? And it's just like you don't know half of it, you know, it's an uneducated kind of question in a way. And yeah, but I don't think it was ignorance, I just think it was a little bit of naivety, you know. And let's face it, there's no money in as much as I'd love to be in a situation where I'm earning lots of money from doing this. Um, I'm not uh, I've got a full time job I've got a family to feed I've got a house to pay for um, yeah. and I think if anything it's actually a blessing um, not having my income rely basically my, my income b- being reliant on the music that I do mm-hmm. um, I've got that kind of I've fall back onto my salary you know onto my wages uh, i'm I'm glad i don't rely on it financially yeah i, I think it's... part of the fun factor wouldn't you know i'd lose a lot of the fun factor it'd be more of a business you know um and you know a, a lot of djs um i mean you you know you you got your army in van buren you got your solar you've got oh, you have got paul van dyke they're a big brand as well as just just being a dj and a producer as well and yeah. um, i don't want that i don't
0: want no.
1: That. no no hell no no never no, I've. I, don't get me wrong. I mean, it, it would be a dream come true to be able to say I don't have to work anymore because I'm, I'm touring. It's never going to happen. Um, mm. I'm a big I'm a little fish in a big ocean with a lot of other little fish. Um, and I think the way that uh, as time goes on, your, your big names will deplete um, as they retire and move on or whatever. Um, and it does pave the way for the artists as well. But I think the, the whole kind of dynamics of the industry has changed. Um, you, you can't become self-reliant on it and build yourself up a big enough name to say, this is my full-time job now. I really don't think you can. I hope somebody proves me wrong. Maybe I'm talking bullshit. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it might be me who doesn't know much about the industry. Um, <laughs> I'd like to be corrected. I'm always up for open discussion and I don't mind being corrected, but there's nobody as big as you are in India and in you're so just only your Paul Van Dyke and, and, and whatnot. No one's ever going to make that kind of money again.
0: Yeah, no. And it's sort of interesting, isn't it? Where uh, I think we all sort of wonder what's going to happen when Rich retires, mm-hmm. when Paul retires, which I'm sure they've got another, you know, hell, 10, 15, 20 years ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but who's going to be that next guy, exactly. you know, who's going to replace them. And mm-hmm. I think it's a question of not who is going to replace them, because I don't think they can be replaced ever, but who is going to maybe carry the reins. Um, and maybe that's even too strong of a phrase to use, but are there certain artists right now that are reinventing trance and and trying to do things a little bit differently? To where they're still using th- that the trance base but sort of putting that their own spin on it
1: um i mean it's it's interesting um i mean i go back to my point about you know you're never going to have people as big as c- certain names or whatever based on their their income but there mm-hmm. are people like uh, matt seagrave ever like you know he's, he's in the mid- say the middle he's nearly finished his album and yeah. he's he really really pushes boundaries on his on his productions um you know, it's people like him who are. it's not just a case of being reinventive, but um you can have your trademark sound. Um yeah, yeah, it might have to fit in a certain um category of of, of music, it might have to sit in trance, it might have to sit in tech house, whatever. But just take it, you know, don't take it seriously, just have some fucking fun and just whatever you produce, um, that's your tune. If people don't like it, fuck it. You know. He's he's started his own label, Blacknet, as well. Mm-hmm. He's releasing whatever the fuck he wants. Um, yeah. and I admire that, um, and he's getting a lot of support for it as well. While still releasing other labels as well, so there's there's people like that who, um, you know, we're probably not giving enough credit to when we compare them to other bigger names. Um, yeah. You know, I yeah. suppose as I say, the whole dynamics of the industry has changed now. It's not like it used to be. Um, mm-hmm. And there are more labels being created now more than ever. And uh, yeah, the quality has been compromised um in a lot of cases. But then we we're finding some real gems as well being released on smaller labels too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um Everlight's label is going to grow big, very big. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm I'm actually scheduled to have him on here in a couple of weeks once his album gets closer to being finished, which, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, I think it's named... The yeah. <laughs> you I know think it's damned or done. I, I'm, I'm really interested to hear what he has to say because, I mean, he's, he's such a, a talented, incredibly smart guy. And mm-hmm. uh, just to see young people like that starting to come up and do their own thing without necessarily following any rules, but more importantly, is that they're doing it on their own. Yeah. Um, that's my big thing. You know, I've I've sort of been on a ghost producing kick here for the last month or so. Uh, <laughs> and um, I understand why people do it. I understand why the ghosts exist. They have to make a living too. And they've obviously found a niche in that market to where they can utilize their talents for a paycheck. I get that. But um, when you're trying to buy your way to the top, it's, it's just... Uh, I'm sorry. It, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Um,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I can understand why people feel that way. I mean, there's obviously for me, who's sort of sat and I've released some utter shit in my time. And, you know, I'm talking way beyond past um, discover and, mm-hmm. you know, I don't mean that towards any of the labels um, that I've signed to, but when I reflect on some of my, sure. um, you know, I, I love, want well, to pull out and discover um but as music evolves as well yeah um yeah. you do take a moment to, to look back and you know I, I could have maybe opted to sit with an engineer or have my track ghost produced um i opted not to um i opted to sit and learn my craft you know crack on with it mm-hmm. and yeah i can understand as especially for some artists who might think well fuck me i've sat here and slaved away for 10, 15 years, 20 years or whatever, and someone's put money on a track um, and said, "Release that, I want it under my name. I can understand why people feel like that. Um, I, I'm i not just saying this to to be kind of dismissive. I, I just don't really apply any focus on it at all. Mm-hmm. Because if I start to go down the hole of focusing on what's bad in the scene, I'm not saying that I'm, uh, you know, dismissing it and you know if if something's bad then i I need to address it i will it's as simple as that i don't know if someone's accused me of of copying their track any plagiarism whatever then you Mm. know i'd pick that shit up and i'd have i'd have words about it yeah but i honestly couldn't give a flying fuck what other people are doing because it doesn't drive me as an individual as an artist um and whether their tune is released or not if my tracks are good enough to be signed to a label the label will take it um but why should I create more negativity in an industry that let's face it is, is rife with negativity. Um, why should I sort of be a part of that? Um, why should I be someone who highlights these issues to other people and start you know, the kind of the, the the kind of the pack theory where everyone jumps in and then starts pouncing on them on social media and everything else. I don't give a fuck, mate. Honestly, I don't. Uh, All I'm here to do right now is write music. People like it great. If they don't like it, that's fine. That's entirely up to them. What other people are doing do in their own time, I couldn't give a flying fuck.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. I can
1: understand. I would just point out, I can understand why people feel that way, as I said, and I'll say it again. You know, when, you, when as as as, an, as someone who is a fan of the uh, of the genre and a fan of a particular track when you find later on after buying it that you know you thought it was from um, Joe blogs and it wasn't it was from Bob blogs or whatever uh-huh. you know then you'd be pissed off you'd feel frauded in a way um mm-hmm. you know so I can understand that to to a capacity for some people but for me it's just it doesn't it's not a big focus for me
0: yeah yeah so speaking of music let's talk about your latest track it's bermuda um seems to be doing fairly well just after a couple days and uh you sort of mentioned that this is one of your best tracks yet isn't it
1: yeah i really really enjoyed writing it actually i kind of as i say i don't pigeonhole myself in in writing mm-hmm. certain um, dramas and you'll hear that on the, the next forthcoming coming single which you'll probably want to talk about in a bit but um yeah. Yeah, I just, you know, I don't know, I'm sure other artists can relate to this, but um it just clicked. I come into the studio and i got this kind of group going together and I thought, I like where this is going. And then I spent an evening, I spent a day, sorry, right through till late at night um working on it and pretty much wrapped it up within a day, you know, because I was so kind of engrossed in, into it and I loved mm-hmm. it. I loved the melody and it just clicked. And I thought, I really yeah. like this, you know, Um yeah. And then I sent it, sent it off and then it was pulled forward to be released over the other two singles I've got coming on, on pure trance. <laughs> <You> know, <he laughs> says, Okay. I like this. We'll get this released in March. So it was like jackpot, you know, Yeah. Nice. So was, everything just, it was perfect. Mm-hmm. The, way it, the way, the way the engineering right through to um, the release and everything, it was, it was perfect in every way for me. Yeah. And yeah, I really enjoyed working on it.
0: With the uh, UV compilation single, That's what I really want to talk about. Uh, Mm -hmm. I guess just me personally, sort of going back to what you were talking about, about how as we get older, our tastes change, you know, Mm -hmm. we change a little bit, sort of as a person, I think. Um, And there's a lot of the uplifting 138 stuff that I still enjoy but I'm really getting into the progressive house trance, you know, scene, especially over the last 12 months or so. Um, and just a little teaser that you sort of pulled, put out. I mean, I, I can't wait. I can't fucking wait for this song. What I want to know is the progressive style of music that is starting to become more and more popular now. Do you think that's for the reason that music's really not being made for the dance floor anymore, to do the fact that there isn't a dance floor and that this music is possibly more sustainable? Or do you think maybe that trans fans are actually starting to get a little bit older and their tastes are maybe moving more towards that progressive route?
1: It's an interesting question, actually. I think, um, you you know, you're going to have... I mean, there's the younger generation coming in, and enjoying trance and enjoying the, the kind mm-hmm. of the um, rough around the edges. You know, your tech trance, and you, you're uplifting around 138, and without going into the debate about BPM and and dramas, yeah. um, and sub But and I'm um, not
0: trying to discount the younger trans. No, you're not. At, you know, I know you're
1: not at all. No, I know you're not. But no,
0: absolutely not. But I think the first think, generation you know, guys, such as ourselves. Yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. We're getting older.
1: No. Yeah. You're <laughs> right. And, uh, I was getting to that honestly. It was not <laughs> thinking that you were. Now I think you know we've we've, we've you always you're going to have pockets of people that um, some will enjoy the kind of the progressive, some will enjoy the uplifting, some will enjoy the tech. Um, but I don't think it is the case. I mean, I can I enjoy psy trance as well sometimes, mm-hmm. um, not all the time, and then I'll enjoy progressive. I think you know predominantly when I'm not listening to trance music, I'm listening to very, very heavy metal. I'm a huge Slipknot fan. And without getting into the topic of Marilyn Manson and the news and everything, I've been a huge Marilyn Manson fan since the age of like 14. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, um, and I, I think in terms of where music's going and where an artist kind of wants to express themselves in sub dramas or anything, for myself, I can't speak for other artists. For myself, it's not driven necessarily by taste. Um, you, there's far contrast between Bermuda and what's coming on, on uh, Future Sound of Egypt UV. Um, and you'll you'll hear that. And there can't be, it's like chalk and cheese. Um, for myself personally, um, I will just follow the direction of where the track is going. It's not necessarily driven by taste because I have such a broad and wild taste, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are, the younger generation to reach out to and the older people like myself and I'm I'm hitting 40 this year. Um, Maybe my taste has (laughs) dropped a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. It's difficult for me to, when you think about it that way, it's like, maybe you've got a point, but I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting question. It is an interesting question.
0: You know, I, I actually just turned 50 on Saturday. Happy birthday. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. And uh, I think I'm, sort of may have a little bit of a valid point here you know to where Mm -hmm. as we get older we do Mm -hmm. slow down and we still enjoy Mm -hmm. dance music but um you know most of us would uh are maybe starting to lead a little bit of that slower life i guess
1: no it's <laughs> yeah, probably because we can't dance as fast as we used to <laughs> right
0: <laughs> or do as many drugs know. as we used to or you know
1: <laughs> but no it's all um,
0: that good shit
1: <laughs> it's a very valid point you make though um and i suppose when i when i look back when i was around when i first got into trance maybe i was going for the more kind of i mean i started out mixing hard house yeah you know right. and as i've got older I've, I've sort of transitioned over to trance i'd I wasn't a producer when I was DJing and playing hard house, um, so I guess you you probably touch on something there. I don't know, yeah. Um, but then there were people. I mean, Paul Oakenfold he's a he's a huge advocate of psy trance as well, still mm-hmm. to this day. You know, with, and it's pretty much predominantly played in in his fluoro sets um, still yeah. to this day. So, you know, I think it's it's down to individual taste, I guess. But my, my as I say, my taste is so varied, it, it confused the hell out of you, it really would. And it's not just trance.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: To be so, honest, Eric, I barely listen to trance music in my spare time. I really, really? don't. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very much a me- metal head.
0: Yeah, Slipknot and Marilyn Manson are are the two mm-hmm. that you mentioned in our article together. Um, I'm sure it must sort of sadden you to hear all of the allegations and things of that sort. As in terms of Marilyn, but does a person's sort of personal life detract you from liking their music?
1: I. Was a fan of Marilyn Manson for his music. Now, don't get me wrong; I was, I was disappointed of the news and everything. And we have only heard one side of the story. and There's a lot, right? Of yes, that have come together. Um, but there's a lot of people that have come together. But I didn't listen to Marilyn Manson because of his personal life. Um, right. My affiliation is with the music. Um, exactly. I. Well, admittedly, I mean, I idolise him. I've got a picture up here with his signature on. um, Oh, nice man! I've got lots of. It's not official. It's not. He's not signed it. It's a print. Oh yeah. Um, I've got many Marilyn Manson T-shirts. You know, but I still listen to his music because it's his music that Mm -hmm. I know Marilyn Manson for. Um, Yeah. Honestly, I, I. It was disappointing to read the news, but. I'm a fan of his music and that, that, that's all I ever will be a fan of his music.
0: Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's sort of interesting. You know, I was, I was talking to Matt Thomas last weekend and and he brought up a very good point about, you know, he's a huge fan of Michael Jackson and um, what may or may not have happened in his personal life. But I think you have to separate the two. Mm -hmm. You
1: do. You do.
0: And social media makes it very hard these days for people to do that you know it's it's all or nothing yeah. um and uh you know it's sort of a shame to that that happens but on to uh, just a couple more notes um when lockdown is officially over for you guys over there what's the first thing that you're going to take your fiance and the kids to
1: well, we are waiting on a holiday at the moment. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it can't, I won't give away the date, obviously, on social media. Sure, it's sure. <laughs> and go. Um, um, so, abroad with the family, not um, just me, my fiance, and the children, but mm. my parents as well. Um, oh, nice. And my brother. Man. Um, yeah. Um, it was my um, parents', um, let's see, well, let me think about this. It's 40 60th birthday this year and 40th wedding anniversary. Wow. Um, I know. So we've had a milestone holiday um, for them. I'm, I'm As the organiser of the holiday with my other half, my brother, I've got my fingers crossed that we're going to go. Um, but I, I think if it does go ahead, I think it will be one of those holidays where you think, you know, that was the best holiday ever because we're all for it now. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, holiday, um, and football, I need football season back. I, you know, I need to be back yeah. in the stadium. And yeah, I miss it. I mean, a lot of people will look at it and think it's just another, it's just you know, eleven guys in a team kicking a ball of air. But it's a sport that you know, right. it's good entertainment. Um, it is. I, I'm I'm missing it, but it you know it, when you when you've had the whole lockdown that we've had, it, you kind of put things into perspective. There are more important things like your family still, and it is mm. it's true. I'm not just saying it, you know having my my parents who were struggling really bad with covid and everything like that that it's the health and well-being of, of my family and friends that is that supersedes anything
0: really. yeah and, and i really hope this holiday does yeah go as planned um it sounds like your parents sort of had a rough go at it uh for this past yeah. year and and i think they deserve it so you know
1: i i had some yeah, they deserve it for putting up with me for forty years so far. Yeah, um, yeah. More than anything, so. <laughs> that's why I'm really organising it just as an apology for me being me. But no, it's, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think I think we all, kids included, need the holiday. I think, you know, as I said at the, at the start of our conversation, um, you just need to get fantastic. the fuck
0: out of there, man. I mean, okay, yeah. you just need to get the fuck <laughs> out of there.
1: I don't even want to fly back to be honest once I land. Over there. <laughs> <laughs> spent
0: <laughs> better on a beach. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, Glenn Allen, is there anything that I've left out, my friend?
1: No, I don't think so. It's it's been great chatting to you. I'm sorry yeah. if I waffled
0: on a little. Um... No, <laughs> that's what this is all about. You know, it's it, there's no script here. There's there's no list of questions. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to catch up with you for about an hour, and I very much appreciate you taking. Uh, at the time out of your extremely busy schedule you know to to do this little thing with me it well, means I'm a lot grateful man. for
1: the uh, it means a lot uh, you know to be invited um very grateful thank you uh hope it isn't the uh hope it's not the last time we speak um no absolutely not right, you
0: know I, it's
1: updated how you're doing as well obviously re-
0: i very much appreciate that but um well glenn it was good talking to you and uh i'll speak with you soon
1: that's great thank you Eric. take care
0: CDM World. I want to thank my special guest, Glenn Allen, for stopping by and having a nice chat. It's always good to talk to him. Stay tuned for next week's show when I have Neol Chevallong Maloney of AstroFegs, and we'll sit down and talk about everything from what he's been doing during lockdown to the breakup of AstroFegs and how he's getting along with producing on his own. And don't forget our special presentation with Matt Seagrave here in a couple weeks, I'm really looking forward to that one as well. So until then, have a good week, everyone, and I'll see you around.